Welcome everybody to your daily dose of video game news at Pixels and Pines for Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. I forgot that this week is Golden Week in Japan. Golden Week is running from April 29th through May 5th of 2023. So news from Japan is going to be minimal at best. Going to really have to scrape the bottom of the barrel for news this week, but I'm going to try. So first up, early performance update from Digital Foundry on the Jedi Survivor PC patch. Alex Battaglia of Digital Foundry has done some early performance testing of the new Jedi Survivor patch. And his performance testing, which focused on the village in Koba, showed that the general performance level improved by approximately 13% on his Ryzen 5 3600 processor paired with an RX 6800 XT graphics card with ray tracing disabled. Remember, from yesterday, the patch notes disclosed that improvements were based on non-ray traced rendering. However, the frame rate is still experiencing peaks and troughs in the same areas, with the stuttering effect remaining unchanged in intensity. This can make even the stuttering more pronounced as the frame rate crashes to the same level pre-patch, but now you're dropping from an overall higher FPS average, which means it's going to be more noticeable. This is kind of a monkey's paw situation with this patch, and it's clear that the game will be requiring further updates in order to address these performance issues. As a reminder, it took Naughty Dog an entire month and about a dozen patches before people felt like it was in an acceptable state for launch. So we still have a long ways to go. Next, we have PS5 Pro dev kits releasing this summer. Tom Henderson of Insider Gaming has doubled down on his previous rumors from March, which were initially dismissed by many in the gaming community. I know I did. While the PlayStation 5 Pro is not guaranteed to be released, the report states that it is currently in development with a 100% degree of certainty. No further details were provided regarding the specifications or features of the PlayStation 5 Pro. However, his reporting claims that first-party developers will receive dev kit prototypes in the coming months, with third-party developers expected to receive them by the end of this year. As for the release date, Insider Gaming tentatively expects that the PlayStation 5 Pro will be launched in Q4 of 2024. Now, this information remains unconfirmed by Sony this time, and if you're a fan of the console, undoubtedly it is exciting news with the prospect of new and more powerful hardware coming out. And the current state of gaming has started to really make me believe that Sony could actually be attempting this. Current-gen games are releasing in terrible states, with terrible frame rate and frame time consistencies. Your first experience with a new game should not be a buggy, stuttering mess. Even first-party titles aren't immune to this, as we saw with Redfall having to launch with a 30 frames per second only mode. And as somebody who's played this on PC, I'm starting to think it has something to do with the vampires. It seems like everything's fine, but then as soon as you kill vampires or the vampires start doing their vampire thing, I think like the particle effects or whatever GPU accelerated effects are going on with that really tanks performance. And that's probably why the game looks like it should be 60 FPS, but they probably lowered it to 30 just to make it more consistent. Now, Jedi Survivor is a prominent third-party title, which we've talked about multiple times already, and has inconsistent performance across consoles and especially PC. I mean, I'm going to sound like an old man here, but there was a time when you bought a game on console because you just wanted it to work. I don't think gaming has been consistent with that since, I guess, the PlayStation 2 era. Now, I'm not sure what needs to change. Obviously, shaming publishers and developers hasn't improved anything. 
they still put up their stupid apology template up on Twitter and Instagram saying they hear us. Some people may be experiencing problems. And of course, then the devs are forced to crunch for an entire month in order to fix it. I'm sure we're a short time away from companies being forced to have their marketing team perform an interpretive apology dance on TikTok, I swear. It can't keep going this way, and maybe shoving hardware at the problem is the only real solution at this point. Who knows? But if any of this information is credible, we're probably not going to find out until mid-2024 at the earliest. And then, to go ahead and round up today's news, the Redfall reviews are as bad as the leaks implied from yesterday. As of this recording, Redfall is sitting at a 64 on both OpenCritic and Metacritic. And since we're kind of light on news today, I'm going to go ahead and do my review over uh, seven hours or so of the time that I spent on Redfall in single player. I think the game looks really good. Aesthetically, Arcane has nailed the environment. The art direction is consistent and cohesive, attractive as well. The interiors of houses and shops are filled with tons of great detail inside of them. They really nailed the coastal New England town vibe 100%. The main story also sounds like it's shaping up to be fantastic. But my biggest gripe is how the story is told. There are these things called grave locks which help flesh out some of the bits and bobs about the story through short audio logs. Collecting them does provide you bonuses to your character depending on how many you gather, but I'd rather have the story bits doled out in a way that makes me care about it. The UI is implying that there are like a hundred of them, and you really need to pay attention to your surroundings when you're inside of houses and buildings during your playthrough. Another thing to not forget is verticality. You're going to need to climb up on roofs and other tall buildings in order to find some of the more hidden ones. Also, the main story is only told through accepting missions. You can't stumble upon any of it. Locations will block access to certain areas until the mission is accepted at your home base. This means that if you found a cool area to investigate while trekking your way to an objective marker, you'll have to come back later to fully reveal its usage in the story. Now, I was too busy exploring for the first few hours after accepting my first mission that I thought the world was devoid of any use. There are a ton of intriguing spots like the Addison Mansion, but if you haven't accepted the mission yet, then it's just a neat visual set piece with absolutely nothing to do there. For a looter shooter, the loot sucks. There's no other way of saying it. You have a handful of weapon types and the loot tables drop subtle variations that don't really mean much. There's also no point in keeping around old weapons. Your DPS will suffer immensely if you get attached to any one weapon for too long. The skill tree also sucks, to be honest. Outside of your unique character abilities, you basically just increase things. Increase the amount of time that your skill is active. Increase ammo counts. Increase detection radiuses. Or, you know, reducing skill regeneration time. You know, stuff like that. That's basically it. There's nothing really game-changing in the current tree that will make a huge difference in your gameplay style or approach. Combat, if I'm being honest, is also kind of terrible. The AI has no idea what to do if you can attack from far away enough. Your damage output dramatically decreases after certain distances, so you can't just, you know, snipe them with a pistol or anything. But if you have an assault weapon or sniper rifle, if you're good with the mouse or thumbsticks, you can basically just wipe them out with headshots, no problem. 
Also, they tend to just run towards you for no reason. They all basically fall in line to get dropped by headshots. It's kind of ridiculous. Rushing the enemy also kind of throws them for a loop. They seem to have a lot of long canned animations that I think were meant for combat at a modern distance away. But if you just run at them and their AI makes them take cover, you'll reach them with multiple seconds of shoot time to spare. Headshots are devastating, so an up-close shotgun blast or a rifle shot will take them down without them being able to attack back. The most common vampire enemies are also pushovers. They have predictable attacks and the animations are slow enough that strafing them is pretty easy. But they are bullet sponges and become more of an annoyance than an encounter you really look forward to. Level scaling sucks. I mentioned earlier that I forgot to start new missions once I accepted my first one. The first mission basically makes you traverse to the other side of the map. And have you ever forgotten why you were going somewhere? Well, I did. There's a lot of cool environmental things, like I said. I'm easily distracted. So I think I hit like level six or seven before I remember to start doing more missions. Everything was a piece of cake before then. By about level five, that's when things started to get kind of dumb. The number of enemies that were present in any one location basically doubled. The amount of damage being dealt out became ridiculous. The game literally swarms you with enemies around that time. It feels like the game is trying to balance some kind of stealth and action gameplay, but the mechanics aren't there to justify that kind of playstyle, especially if you're doing the solo. The game's buggy. Let's be honest. Ladders especially. Those things are awful. Now, they work if you approach from the bottom and just kind of move straight forward. But if you attempt to jump onto ladders, which is a thing you can do, climb down or make any kind of sudden movement, it basically bugs out and causes you to fall. Hopefully not to your death. Enemies kind of get stuck in the weirdest places as well. Enemies have this idle chatter while they're on their patrols and more often than not, when attempting to clear out a location, you'll just have them stuck in the floor with their little yellow question mark icons letting you know they spotted something. I almost had one of them kill me. They were equipped with a shotgun and were just shooting me from underneath the floor. It was so dumb. UI elements also sometimes disappear. Enemy health bars, reticles at one point, they were just gone. It took a full restart of the game to fix it. I mean, sometimes UI elements get stuck. I haven't had it happen to me yet, but there are some scope UI overlays that get stuck on the screen impairing your vision until you fix it. I, I'm pretty sure that issue is the same as the UI elements just disappearing. But the UI itself, just as a whole, also is dumb. Every time you run into a new mechanic or end of mission notice, there's this nearly half screen overlay that blocks your vision and the only way to dismiss it is to hold down a button for like three seconds to make it go away. Now this isn't tenable if you're in the middle of a firefight and it doesn't pause the game because you know, this is an online game and I'm doing air quotes here because it's not really. Reminder, only the host of the game makes progress. So what's the point in spending 10 to 15 hours in co-op if you're gonna be stuck on mission one as soon as you decide to host the game, you know? And finally, I think the biggest issue that I've had with the game is that it's just empty and dying is meaningless. You're gonna spend a majority of the time running across streets, wharfs, neighborhoods, and forested areas with nothing to do. At the start of the game, when you're low level, that means you'll run across two or three enemies, headshot them all before they even attempt to shoot back, and then run for a couple of more minutes before running into another set. If you explore an interior location that has a mission tied to it, 
you'll end up clearing a subset of enemies that were supposed to be part of the full mission experience. Which means that your second return is basically empty and anticlimactic. In essence, you can think of it as being almost a, a small punishment for exploring a location before you started the mission proper, which doesn't make sense to me. And again, because this is a quote online game, dying basically just loses you a bit of resources and a respawn to the nearest safe house or a travel location. You can gear up and head back out because that mission is still in progress. Outside of losing some time and resources, I mean, it, it honestly just doesn't matter. Hell, if you run out of resources, then you're just spending time at that point. If you keep your backpack filled with weapons, you can break those down into resources if you need to, to fill back your ammo and your med kits and not worry about being penalized for dying. Invest that backpack space. Outside of the ego hit, like I said, you can just return back to the vampire at the same health level. They don't even get their health level back as to when you died and try again with no repercussions. If this had been a curated first-person shooter with light looter elements with a well-paced linear story, I think it could have been amazing. You can love or hate the arcane character style, but their environments and environmental storytelling are top-notch. Allowing the player to direct the arcane experience on such a large open-world map was a mistake in my opinion. I think it waters down what they do best as a development studio. It exposes just how weak the individual experiences that make up Redfall are. And that's unfortunate. I was really looking forward to the game. Now that Microsoft owns these companies, I'm really looking for them to produce those AAA, knock it out of the park experiences that you expect from a company like PlayStation with Naughty Dog, Insomniac, those kind of companies, Nintendo with their output. You know that every time they come out with a first party game, it's going to be amazing because this is essentially their poster, their reason for owning the system. This is what you tell people about when you say, you know, you game on Nintendo. It's going to be the Zeldas. It's going to be the Marios. It's going to be the Splatoons. For Sony, The Last of Us, the Spider-Mans, the God of Wars. Microsoft doesn't quite have that yet. And Redfall just isn't it. It's not something that I would tell people if I was an Xbox gamer that this is the game you need to play. It doesn't have that mass appeal. It's going to have his niche audience, but I don't think it's going to be a reason why you want to own the console. Now, Starfield is coming up soon. Maybe that's going to be the game that kind of puts it up in kind of the same level. It balances out the scales when it comes to first party output. We'll see if it has that mass appeal and comes out in a better shape than Redfall. But if we're being honest, especially when it comes to the rumor mill and what things are being said about these games, especially because remember these games, these two games, Redfall and Starfield, they were announced back in May of being delayed for an entire year. Starfield gets a little bit more time, I guess. Or maybe a little bit less time. I think it was supposed to be released in November of last year. It's going to be released around September of this year. So maybe less than a year extra. But who knows? I'm kind of scared that Starfield is going to be rough. If you know Bethesda and you know how their games are, are received at launch, you know that this is going to be a rough experience. 
Bethesda has never been able to get these kind of games right. Fallout, Skyrim, we all love those games now. But if you were a launch day gamer, it probably wasn't as smooth. It probably wasn't as nostalgic as we make it out to be at that point in time. You know, they've been selling Skyrim for over a decade or so at this point, something like that. Skyrim launched in a terrible state. It was awful in the beginning. At this point, you know, it's it's a great game. They've done a lot of bug fixing, a lot of patches to make it to what it is today, but it took them a while to do that. Skyrim Fallout has always been kind of memed when it comes to their physics-based world. It's always been funny to to look at and funny to to watch a video on. But, you know, it was detrimental to the gameplay at launch. And hopefully Starfield is not that. I'm hoping that Starfield is going to wow us. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing experience for people who play on an Xbox Series X. It's going to be an amazing experience for people who play that on PC. That's the hope. And that's also going to do it today for Gaming News on Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. Don't forget to rate the podcast five stars and leave a review letting us know how wrong everybody is about Redfall. I'd love to hear that. If you're the kind of person who enjoys content of the visual variety, you can check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash at pixels and pints. I'll be back again tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for more video game news.